Welcome to Gains and Pains with Scott McLaughlin and Colin McGibbon in association with Just Train and a ton of coffee, where we get together each week to talk health, fitness and some absolute nonsense. Episode two. Whoop. Hey, we're back. We'll talk about. We've not been sued, so so far, so. Well, to be fair, we haven't broadcast it yet, so <laughs> give it time. <laughs> Still by default, we've not been sued yet, so it's a bonus. Fact. Okay, episode two. Friends, enemies, and training partners. Uh-uh. Is it necessary to have a training partner? No, but it helps. It does help. It really does. Yeah. Um, um, aye, I, certainly, again, I've, I've trained a lot on my own, uh, I've trained a reasonable amount with people, always get more done when there's people there, when I'm training with somebody like the past, yeah. so well, how long have we been training properly now, six months maybe? Six, seven months, yeah. So, just after you get married, I suppose, mm-hmm. eh? just before? Maybe longer than that, is it? I finished, the, when, finished did you, when did you do your World Championship? finished competing in June last year. That would have been then. Yeah, and then we just, just started before, doing it, yeah. Just before the wedding, innit? So, I mean, uh, like, weights-wise, oh, my numbers have gone up a lot, A, since you started programming it, and B, since we've been training together. Yeah. Just because you get, certainly from my point of view, I get much more, I don't know, what's the right word? Momentum, training-wise. Yeah, a bit of momentum, you get a wee bit of... It's almost kind of incentivised you to push yourself that wee bit more. It is. Incent- Incentivisation is the right word. You get the accountability to make sure you're there all the time because you know somebody else is going to be there waiting on you, yeah. first and foremost. So you need, you, you know you can't just go, oh, I'm not really feeling it today, I'll maybe give it a miss, because you're going to be here, yeah. and vice versa. Um, the main incentive, if I'm being honest, is just to try and do one more rep than you, or lift more than you, just yeah. to make you feel bad. Which, speaking of that, what happened yesterday? You benched more than me. Nothing more satisfying than that one extra rep than your training partner. Do we want uh, to talk about what happened this morning? That doesn't count. It counts more. Because <laughs> I outlifted you twice this morning. I'm tired. Yeah, no, <clears throat> twice. Yeah, but Definitely I'll... twice. Yeah. Deadlifts and rack pulls. Two one um, of the good guys, mate. Two one of the good guys. Yeah, but if we include the back squats from a few weeks ago, you know. Nah. Box squat. Nah, that's, that's out with the, the, the calendar. I'm pretty sure that's still included. But yeah, the (laughs) benefit of a training partner, you don't need one. But, I mean, I train myself pretty much on my own for the last six years Mm. for all my kettlebell stuff. And it's pretty grim at the best of times. Never mind being in a cold gym on your own in the middle of winter, training for a competition and try to push yourself. And it's, it's hard. Some of the sets really suck. And it's having that wee bit, even just your partner like, oh, come on, you've got this. You might be dying inside, but and you might be thinking that you're about to fail, but your training partner can look at you and go, nah, you've got this, and push on. Likewise, there's also a safety aspect where you think <laughs> you've got it, but it could be a deadlift or a back squat, and what you don't realise is you're hunched over, your knees buckling in, yep. everything's collapsing, and you think you've got it. Mm. And in actual fact, <clears throat> you're about to injure yourself, so a good training partner, instead of going on Instagram to see how many followers he's got that day, he's actually watching you lift, giving you any coaching cues that you need, and it's even just... <laughs> this is Brian back in the gym again, has just <laughs> farted deadlift. I really hope the microphone caught that. <laughs> Brian, deadlifting whilst farting, recipe for disaster right there. 
you couldn't script this. Ah, oh, mate, um, that smells you right here. So, yeah, a good training partner will watch what you're doing, give you the relevant coaching cues, but also will tell you when just to say kill it so you don't yeah. kill yourself, basically. Yeah. You know when to stop the lift. And if you think, like, how many times have you said to each other, oh, no, that looked good, you definitely get more in the tank, or let's just stop there. That's, mm-hmm. that's real. I think that's a limit for today. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, certainly when I'm training on my own, and it is a, 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 a slight on my own lack of <laughs> mental fortitude more than anything else. I'm much more likely to to call it a day sooner than I would if I was training with you or anyone else. Back in the day, I used to train with Mikey and Jerry and stuff like that as well. You do, yeah. you push yourself, you have that extra little bit in the tank oh, where you go, if I'm doing like, I don't know, I don't know, 10 sets of 10 or whatever, <laughs> it's cold, you're starting to get tired, set, set seven, set eight, it's dead easy when you're in the gym on your own just to kind of go, ah, do you know what, I just, ah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to push myself too much in case I get hurt and it's all the that rest. Kind of, that, that's, that'll do mentality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's just it's settling, isn't it? Yeah. It's going, ah, that'll do, that'll be all right, at least I've done something. It's Whereas, almost kind of like the Scottish football team where <laughs> they, they, they get beat, but they played well. Valiant in defeat. And we kind of, we almost glorify being losers and go that'll do you know we've done well we only get beat one now and they kind of go that'll do it's same in the gym they'll just go well i've done seven or eight sets Aye. it's close enough to ten that'll do <laughs> and it's whereas with the training partners like how many times have we done an extra rep an extra set yeah an extra exercise just, just oh we've got, five, we've got five minutes before we need to head to go and get the kids oh cool right let's get another set in. yeah how Put him back. Sorry, Brian's stealing our donuts. Donuts are a perfectly acceptable post-nutrition, post-training nutrition thing. That's right, isn't it? Tell them about glycogen levels. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, deflect. Colin trains for... um, Gains. Gains, in terms of weight gains and inches, (laughs) not for performance. Do not listen to Colin's advice on eating donuts as a part of a healthy, balanced diet. That's why I'm a musician, mate. You're the training professional. You're the fitness guy. I'm just here for the bands. Uh, yeah, so I get, yeah, the, the amount of times you have ground out an extra rep just to oh, yeah. piss you off or vice versa. I mean, the what was it we had worked out as? That it worked out... Oh, crazy amount of, amount of extra reps. Yeah. Uh, if you just do, if you're doing typical, say for example, six exercises, and you just do one extra rep per set, per session, and you add that up over the course of a year, that's a lot of tonnage. Yeah. Uh, it's a massive difference. And you think, whether it's your own personal development or whether you're looking to compete against somebody, mm-hmm. and it's one thing that I'd always do in my training as kind of kettlebell athlete, the, the last minute of every set, I would always sprint just to push out those extra reps. Mm-hmm. One, just to see that definitely empty the tank in terms of pushing myself for that set, but also to know that no matter how tired I was in a competition, if it's neck and neck, I can always raise the game in the last minute. Yeah, so I, I'm asking this knowing the question, knowing the answer already. Um, would you hold stuff back in reserve for the rest of your set there? So you knew you had stuff in the tank at the end, or you just go for it anyway, and then still know in that last minute you've got the facility to really push it. I would always train for a set pace. Say, for example, train. Take the World Championships last year in Milan. Um, train in jerk, 
pace I was looking for. I'd been training it for 15 a minute, mm-hmm. and I've hit it before. Uh, I hit 150 jucks in the 10 minutes. That was fine. Trained at that pace, was aiming for 150 in the competition, and when we got there, it was about 35 degree heat. There was no air conditioning, and the conditions, the condition there to compete in was absolutely brutal. Uh, number of top lifters across the world, their numbers were down dramatically in terms of what their kind of baseline average is, and watching people scores. I was, we got there on the Wednesday, way down on the Thursday, and I wasn't competing till the Sunday. So I made sure that I've just watched all the guys, which I mean, on the Kerbal circuit, most of the guys know what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. They're pretty big on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube videos, etc. They're training, they kind of document their progress. Plus you're just so, like yeah. watching guys. Do kettlebells. <laughs> Ain't it? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> and... <clears throat> For me, what I'd done for those kind of two days, the Friday, Saturdays, I watched everybody's lifters. I spoke to some of the guys that I know just about the condition that they were experiencing while they were lifting. And everybody was saying that the air was really dry, they couldn't breathe properly, and um, it did knock their pacing down by a good 10-20%. Right. And so with that in mind, when I went out in the competition, I thought, right, play this safe. It's absolutely disgusting, the heat. You, you felt as if you were just you tried to eat a box of crackers without a glass of water, and your mouth was dry, it was sticky, you couldn't actually swallow. Colin, stay focused. <laughs> and <laughs> Carry on, uh, I'll catch up. <laughs> you couldn't actually swallow or breathe, and I thought, right, so I'll go out. I started off, uh, dropped my pace to 12 a minute. Right. So I just played on the safe side. 20% reduction in my pace, just play it safe. I had a rough idea of what my competitors were going to go at, mm-hmm. and thought if I go at 12, 12, 13 a minute, that'll play it safe. Uh, for the first first minute, I got 13 in, then I kind of dropped to 12, kept that steady throughout, um, and then realised about four or five minutes in, okay, this really sucks, but it's not getting any worse. Just maintain this pace. Check, and I can two guys I was up against from Sweden, I checked their scores either side of me and you, so long as I maintain my pace, I was still going to beat them. Mm-hmm. And with keeping in mind that I still had another event to go against these guys, I thought, right, if I play it smart, I'll put myself in advantage, but if I do a last minute sprint, I can then increase the bigger gap, so that when it comes to snatch, it's basically my destiny's in my hands, mm-hmm. I'm not having to mess it up. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not relying on these guys making mistakes so long as I just do a, ba- a low number, a, a steady number. Yeah. I've got it. So I went out, 12 minutes for the majority, uh, for the nine minutes, and then come into the last minute, uh, done a last minute sprint and get 21 reps in the last minute because I know I can fire out the reps in the last minute. Don't need to worry about any, anything else after that. Yep. Because um, we get a good couple of hours rest, and that was fine. And I finished with 129 reps in the 10 minutes. Boom. Easy. Which then meant, I think second place was sitting at 95, so going into Snatch, Snatch is only half a point, so they're then having to then, that kind of, that kind of 30 to 35 point lead I had all of a sudden became 70 points. Yeah. So for these guys now, going into the second part of the day, it was a massive ask. I mean, if I even do, I would, normally I'll hit 200, 210 in Snatch. But again, play it safe. Went for kind of round, kind of about 180 odd. Mm-hmm. I think I got 188. 
play it safe because again the destiny was in my, the control was in my hands yeah. it was up to me to mess it up and even at 180 these guys were still going to have to hit world breaking numbers at 250 yeah. to try and beat me on it so I, I was trying to play the right game based on the conditions Yeah. <clears throat> there were some other lifters there that went out and they tried to hammer it at their normal pace but the conditions aye. just didn't allow it yeah so, aye, so you, they're going into that, like, essentially knowing their beat. Yeah. That's got to be a fairly demoralising starting point for them in that, that kind of last Oh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've had it before where there been a previous competition that I'd been in, and I knew the guy had beaten me in jerk by, I think it was, like, eight reps. So, even just eight reps, get into, your, <clears throat> get into the next lift or snatch, he's 16 ahead, I need to beat him by 17 to win, and get into your last... Last two minutes when he's still, you're still pretty much neck and neck, getting into the last minute or so, then you realise like, and it is, it's a, the pressure's on you to try and catch up. Yeah. <clears throat> and it almost, for snatch you especially, need to stay relaxed. So it's yeah. difficult to stay relaxed when you're actually chasing the person. It's better to be in the lead and then you can stay relaxed and compose and know it's up to these guys. Aye. Again, that all comes down to kind of mental yeah. fortitude, doesn't it? It's mm. just knowing that kind of just the, you need to power through, uh-huh. you need to get it done. And talking about the benefit of training partners, um, you know Laura. Yes. Um, Laura is a multiple world champion. Uh, she's been training with me since, in fact, we were at the beginning of March. That's now seven years. She's been putting up with me <laughs> as a coach, uh, so I think Laura deserves a medal for that she as well. She deserves more than one medal for that. <laughs> I think she deserves a few medals for putting up with my bad jokes as well. Uh, Laura's not only been a phenomenal athlete, but she's been a great friend and <coughs> training partner. That There's only usually two voices I'll hear at a competition, and that's my wife Kirsty screaming. She always says in her daft dulcet tones, um, she'll be cheering for me in the last minute and usually with two minutes to go at minute eight all I'll ever hear from Laura is you've got it she doesn't need to scream come on come on you've got to keep going keep going keep going and like she doesn't need to scream all that nonsense that you hear a lot of coaches shout yeah uh, just for the satisfaction of hearing their own voice <laughs> and <clears throat> we've worked out over the years that that doesn't work for us whereas we just hear a simple you've got it means yeah. that you know what keep that pace going you're looking steady don't change anything Aye. and it's just the benefit of having a training partner that can read your physical state <clears throat> and just give you that wee coaching cue just to keep you in the right place Who mentally. Who else's voice do you hear when you're training when you're doing these competitions Scott? What fantastic coach's voice do you hear in your head? Well you, always, you've always you given you have always given me that final this pep talk. Guy. Yeah, for those out there that don't know Colin might not be a kettlebell coach he's more of a life coach life coach <laughs> and he's a uh, general motivational speech which could apply for any aspect of life is what Connor? Don't be shit. Which I think that really sound advice I think. Have you ever failed? No. Have you ever not won things with that advice? No I mean. There you go. It's I mean, just it's, general good advice yeah. in life. Don't be shit. Don't be a shit and just don't be shit. <laughs> so yeah it might not be the most elaborate statements or anything but it's certainly effective it works it does work it's keeping it simple exactly uh, so the, tra- the training thing like I-, I totally admire anyone who can train on their own and just get it done um, a lot of people have home gym stuff like that. I've, yeah. got, I've got loads of gym stuff in the house um, that my wife uses mm-hmm. Fee will happily go down and train on her own and just get stuff done when she gets home from work uh, I just don't have 
I, d- I find it really difficult to do that. Um, I, I need to come here. I need to come here and yeah. train. Because if I've got stuff in the house, there's too many other distractions in the house for me. Whereas even if I'm training on my own at the gym, I'm at the gym then. Yeah. There's, there's nothing much to distract you other than Brian pulling his pants down. Yeah, again. Uh, again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you just get the whole shooting match out there? <laughs> I've just I've just witnessed something that I really hope I never witness again and I feel mentally scared. Yeah, yeah sure. so I mean at least when you when you're actually here, even if if I'm chaining them alone, at least then I'm in, I can get it done. <clears throat> there aren't too many distractions. If I'm in the house, I just I can't I, again it's just down to my my lack of focus, I think, more yeah. than anything else. There's too many other things I could be doing in a house. Um I'd whereas like the again, house is a place of relaxing. Just, yeah, yeah. That's, well that's it. I think mm. that's it as well. I just I, I want to have that focus of just, right, I'm going out, I'm going to the gym, and then getting that kind of headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I admire anyone who can just go in on their yeah. own and just smash stuff out, though. I mean, I've got a couple of folk that I coach online, that, look, girl Gillian, she travels about up and down the UK, and every Sunday she'll drop me a message basically saying what day she can train, if she's on the road, has she got kettlebells in the boot of the car, or has she got access to a hotel gym? It's so easy to coach because she tells me what she's got access to in terms of the kitten. She's really motivated, even a long day of travelling, still gets it done. Brilliant. Mm. Um, and again, like we say, to anybody that can do that, take the hat off them. The flip side is people that struggle to work out at home. I'm, I can stretch at home, but mm-hmm. I'm not in the, I'll need to come to the gym yeah. for that environment. And it's if you speak to a lot of behaviourists, they'll talk about how in order to kind of, you create an environment for success. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting that, if you want to get a successful result in anything, you need to create the right environment. Yeah. And like you say, a house, you've got your TV, you've got your Xbox, you've got your, your stereo there for music. Well, I don't know if people still have stereos nowadays. It's just <laughs> a, just an iPhone plugged into the sound system. Yep. Um, it's easy to relax there because it's, it's what you do in your house, yeah. essentially. You can hope to relax or you've got Things that need to be done, like you say, the washing, the yeah. dishes, stuff like that. My biggest issue is I've got a drum kit in my gym room yeah. in the house, and as a drummer, I'm more likely to play, play drums. Play drums. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> train when I'm in that room. Exactly. But it's, so you come to the gym, and like you say, you come in here. The purpose of this build in the gym is yeah. to train. So yeah. you come in, you just train. Simple. Yep. Um, Dropping in the name of the gym there. Got to plug it. Nice. Got to plug a name. And it's just having the right environment for what you want to do yeah um, and it makes all the difference some people can train anywhere uh, but on the whole the majority of folk if, if they're at home if they've got that choice they'll choose their TV yeah or the sofa yeah I, 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 I absolutely would do that yeah just because I'm lazy and I'm a musician and not an athlete um, taking that to extremes then when you get guys like Thor who have like a massive team around them all the time Cheering in the gym with like sort of, I don't know, eight, ten people with him all like mm. when he's training. Is that taking it too far, or is it just horses for courses? I think it's. <laughs> a really funny story about that. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> I think it it's down to the individual. Right. So long as look, we have a great results training together. Yep. Brian can come in the gym, train together, great. Yep. If it's a big group, mm, 
to an extent, I do get a bit self-conscious. Right. Even in my own gym. Aye. Uh, whereas, if it's just kind of one and two, one and three, a small group, yeah. I get my best results there because I can focus on it. There's almost less voices or less distractions and... That, that's the thing I would find distracting, like when you see these videos, like just maybe maybe it's maybe it's just an Icelandic thing. But you see like loads of American athlete, like strong yeah, yeah. things, stuff like that. Just people like screaming in your face and like yeah. properly, like just whole crowds of folk yelling at you. Like in a competition, I could see how that might motivate you mm. to get stuff done. I'd find that really off-putting in a gym, though. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some coaches out there that you listen to, and before the person's even performed a lift, they've been told, great rep, you've got it, well done, this, that, and they've been given like maybe 10 different things, and you're thinking, what the hell are you actually saying? Yeah. Like, you're just making noise. It's overload. It's total overload, because they want to think that, as a coach, I've got to be seen to be, or I've got to be seen, but I've got to be heard mm-hmm. to be coaching, when in actual fact, all you're doing is just making a load of noise, which serves no benefit to the individual whatsoever. Yeah. Um, is that... Is that more about the coach again wanting to be heard? Just yeah. want to hear their own voice and oh, sound important? Yeah. Or? Because they feel that they've got to try and get themselves out there and feel that, do you know what? It's, for me, the kind of coach, coach-athlete relationship, some people say it's 50-50. It can be, but I think it's 90-10. 90% of the athlete. Mm-hmm. Look, I can tell you what to do. I can give you the advice. Yep. But I can't make you do it. Yeah, you've yeah. got to do it yourself. You've got to feel what you're doing, how you're lifting, and Absolutely. The, the ball lies in your court. You're the one that's got to do the work. Yeah, I have, I have um, this conversation with students all the time yeah. when I'm teaching drums as well. It's just like you can you can tell them what to do and you can show them how to do it. It's up to them to then have the wherewithal to go and do it then and yeah. just get stuff done. Um, you can but, take a horse to water and all that. Aye. But I mean, in terms of the whole big team shouting and screaming and all that, if somebody, I've had, I've had martial arts instructors and various different instructors scream at me before. And I'm kind of almost like a small child. And in fact, if you start screaming, I just switch off. Yeah. I'm not, I'm going to shut down. I'm not interested. Right. The moment anybody starts shouting, I think, well, you know what? Nah, you've, you've, you've lost intelligence for a conversation. In that sense, I'm like, I'm not interested anymore. Right. Because, whereas all it needs is that small, like, come on, or oh, you've got this, or right, tight back, just a, a coaching mm-hmm. cue that actually provides you with beneficial information yeah. in terms of being able to perform whatever it is you need to do. Yeah. If anything, I respond more, maybe it's just a West of Scotland thing, I respond more to sarcasm and abuse. <laughs> yeah. People insulting you for being weak. Yeah. Just the general levels of just utter abuse when you when you think you can't lift something. Yeah. Again, but byproduct of starting training with Jerry. Um, <laughs> like it's just playing football with like Gary and Stephen and all that yeah. back in the day where you just get abuse hurled at you for 90 <laughs> minutes or whatever. Aye. But you kind of get it in a, in, a, in a friendly way, in a just mm. like... Scottish, you kind of just accept that, and I respond more to that, but like just people shouting like just, yeah, you can do it, worry, yeah, I just I struggle with that, it's just it's too kinda, much. It's, it's too much and it's, for me it's false, Yeah. it's more for their own benefit yeah. rather than actually the individuals. Having said that, I gave you a peach of a big Icelandic slap in the face yesterday before you benched and yeah. you did those three reps. I did get the three reps for a... Not only a, for a one rep PB, but a three rep PB of incline bench at 100 kilos. Who's the best coach again? This guy. Coach Colin. Absolutely. Because you drum it in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey! That's the first awful pun of the podcast. Plenty more of them the, coming. No, but yeah, sadly. I mean, yeah, that slap yesterday was an absolute belter. You were, you didn't, were, you, were you here for that, Brian? Exactly. And I slapped him in the face with his bench. Aye. Aye, Gary was here as well, and I think all yeah. three of you realised that you had caught me a little bit too clean with <laughs> 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 a belter. It's a cracker. Yeah. It, it worked. 
when the first two reps were brilliant, the third one did take me about three and a half minutes, but I got there in the end, just simply for the sheer satisfaction of getting three reps in as opposed to your two. Well, again, that was it. Yeah. Was it the slap or was it the fact that I only did two and yeah. you were determined to get one more rep than me? I mean, how many times have we been doing, we've done the like, Geronda 8x8 system? The what? The Geronda 8x8 where we're doing front squats. Oh yeah, that thing, that's horrible. I mean, I know it was a brutal routine that you probably will try and forget. Yes. But we were doing the... Kind of Geronda 8x8, for those don't know us, but you're basically... Is Geronda a person? Yes, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Old school, kind of... Also kind of old school, underground style bodybuilding coach that was more about the results rather than actually being famous. And oh yeah. Cool guy. Uh, loads of cool kind of training ideas. And it was about the intensity where you perform eight sets, eight reps, Maximum 30 second rest. It's for, shit. For some of the bigger exercises, you would extend it, but on the whole, the kind of basic premise was 30 second rest. So we would normally do, we were doing our routines where we do our back squats, yep. and then we would do Geronda 8x8, or for front squats. And it sucked ass. It was disgusting. We would get to set seven, mm-hmm. and we would struggle to get the last three reps done, and then for example, if I went first, or for set eight, I would do my eight reps, and again, on the verge of prolapsing, I would get my eight reps done, rack the bar, Colin would step in, and bust out 12 reps. Absolutely. And then collapse in a heap. Yep. And then the next session, I would go second, and with his 12 reps in mind, he would batter out 12, I'd come in and do 13. It's always the and battle was, for who goes first and who yeah. goes second. And it's just, we will, we will take it turn about for exercises just for shits and giggles, essentially. But it's, it's amazing how your training partner, that if you were in here doing that 8x8 yourself, you would rack it on rep 8. Absolutely. At, 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 at best, at, there's every chance I would have mm-hmm. chucked it in set 6. But remember <laughs> That's that, good enough. That's 6 sets of 8. That's all right. But remember that session where I think I'd done like, was it 15 to 20 yeah, in the last set? Just out of sheer spite that you had done it at 14 <laughs> my previous 12 from the last session and I thought nah stuff you I'm getting I'm going for a bit I'm going for 15 to 20 and I got it and it backfired three minutes later when I tried to take the dog for a for, to take it across to the grass for the toilet break and I'm, my legs just buckled as they chased after a leaf but it's amazing what you can do just with a training partner yeah. just to push yourself yeah, a little again, bit uh, extra aye it does admit it, for me it makes all the difference because as I say there's no way I would have done that <laughs> otherwise you're, you're yeah. doing you're going to do the 8x8, eight eight, and yeah. then, right, next. I was told 8x8, eight eight, that's what I've done. Aye. What's the next exercise? Aye. It's just out of sheer, absolute, just being a bastard. Ah, you were just being a total <laughs> go, asshole. Just to, right, well, I was going to do about a few more than you, Yeah. just to be a dick. And it's, I mean, even if we take it to your stereotypical, don't want to sound sick, but your stereotypical female, it's January, they want to sign up to a gym to lose weight. Not being sexist, that's on the whole. You've been a little bit sexist. Men can sign up in January and lose weight if you want. Men can, and I'm totally on board with that. But the majority of women over the last be. 18 years, fine. Last 18 years experience, I. It's mainly women that you hear talking about it, getting on their fitness journey. Yep. They want to start January, all guns blazing. And one of the simple things they could do is get a training partner. Mm. Find somebody that's got a similar schedule as you that you can get to the gym at the same time. Yep. And the two of you get that kind of, if you can't be arsed that day, I guarantee your partner will very rarely will the two of you both go, ah, let's scrap it. Yeah. Again, it's that accountability. Accountability, you know. I mean, if you say you'll be at the gym at 12 on a Monday, I'll be down here at 12. Mm-hmm. So we're trained. Yep. 
If Brian's wanting to game with Bampton, we'll make sure, oh, 12 o'clock Wednesday, yep, be there 12 o'clock Wednesday. And you've got that accountability rather than just think, ah, nah, scrap it. Yeah, if you're it's on your own, it's, it's easy just to go, ah, manana, well, I'll do, manana, I'll do it, I'll do it later on, tomorrow, yeah. later on. Like you with your hanging knee raises. Hey, I've got, did my hanging knee raises the other day. Not today, and I'm guarantee you'll be going, ah, oh, can I, I need to go and get Lucy, I better, I'll get no, them, well, I'll do them at home. In my defence today, uh, Fee's given me stuff to do this afternoon, so I, I'll, I'll do them later, I'll do them at home. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's also there's also the flip side to having a training partner in that they will screw you over Absolutely. every opportunity. Usually for the benefit of everyone else around about you. <laughs> like how many times if we've somebody's been doing like a circuit, say like ten rounds or like one of the times we caught you with the box jumps. Oh. Like you were doing box jumps, lap round the building and stuff, amongst some other exercises. And every time you come in, you get the marker, put up a tally marker on the board. And by the time it got to round seven, every time you'd leave the gym to do your lap around the block, we'd wipe the tally mark off. And I think it got to about your third time of doing set seven. Yeah, you I think so. You realised that hadn't changed. Do you know what the worst part about that day was? Not even the rubbing off of the tally marks. As I came, I went round the block at one point, and by the time I got back, you and Jerry had taken out the lifting platforms <laughs> and stacked about four of them under the box. <laughs> so the box is about another foot and a half higher off the ground. It's just called progression and raising it's your game. It's called your <laughs> training partners being dicks, is yeah. what it's called. Uh, yeah, I, I still feel that. I think that was one of those days where I had to drive home when the windows opened in the car. Yeah. I was going to barf. Was that another day you tried to run? You were running late for getting Lucy from school, and you tried to run up the stairs to the playground <laughs> and decked it. That's happened more than once. <laughs> There's been many days that's happened. I keep forgetting. You think I'd learn my lesson? Yeah. Just a wee flight of stairs just before you get to your school, and I always try and be smart and jog up them. Nope. Rookie mistake. Yeah. Every time. Then it was that time you went to see Black Panther. And you sat down straight after the session in here and stood up and decked over the seat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the joys of training. This is why we train. Yeah. Just to lose the ability to walk properly and stand up after sitting down for too long. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like that feeling. I remember the, f the very first time I did squats, like prop, like not even heavy squats, it was when we first trained with Jerry. Again, recurring theme, training with Jerry, yeah. results in you not walking properly. Um, in the, the old gym across the way, like before, before I came here, um, <laughs> just there was a like, tiny little step in the way out of the gym, and I must have looked at myself, uh, Mikey, and I think I'm sure it was somebody else, maybe it was Tom. The three of us all like tried to walk down this wee step and like just buckled. <laughs> it's like you completely <laughs> lost the use of your legs. And I think it was just, it, was, it wasn't even heavy. Why are you throwing a ball? Child, um, it wasn't even that heavy, but you just, you, you just, your legs are gubbed. It's the, the, the loads of comedy videos. Yeah, people like training after leg day, and they're just like crazy just legs like going everywhere. Like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and Wolf of Wall Street trying to get yeah. to the car. <laughs> you send me that meme all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's applicable all the time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. The training pattern thing, I suppose it's double-edged sword, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, for me, certainly, it's always a, it's always been a benefit in terms of getting results. I did the five-three-one for ages, mm -hmm. uh, for about a year and a half, two years maybe, and I got a lot of good results out of that when I was largely training on my own. Yeah. I trained with Mikey a fair bit, but even then, because of the nature of this gym, Just Chain, Hillington, near Glasgow, check it out, um, there's always somebody about. 
Yeah. The, uh, and it's not like in a commercial gym where there's always somebody about, but it's some random stranger that you're probably getting no interest in talking to and they've no interest in talking to you. And here in sort of private gyms in general, I suppose, are going to have that same sort of thing. You always know someone who's yeah. in and you can get some some just decent chat if you want to. A lot of people just prefer to come in and put their headphones on and get it done. And again, all power to those people. Yeah. I, I, I struggle to just zone out that much. I have done in the past, the time I walked in to the gym in the old place. Yeah, and yeah. that's another podcast. <laughs> You've already brought that up at my wedding speech. That was a good bit of speech, I thought. <laughs> just, to, just to fill the story in then, right? I walked into the gym not long after meeting Scott uh, to find him grappling again, inverted commas, on the floor with some random women while listening to Barry White. So I immediately headed to the back of the gym, headphones on, Lamb of God, squats, hoping nobody would talk to me. That was awkward. And this is me adding my own little bit in. Add it as much it as was self-defence training we were working on, and unfortunately the playlist had just randomly changed to Barry White. <laughs> unfortunately the timing couldn't have been any worse. <laughs> Gary. That's Gary right. just in for his lunchtime session. Everyone say hello to Gary. Say hi, Gary. Hello. <laughs> Brian's now miming, having sex with a massage, massage table. Massage table. That's the delightful image. So, on that note, <laughs> we'll speaking of random training partners, <laughs> yeah, wrap speak, up. speaking of random training partners, before go. we go quickly, right. now that Gary's here, Gary always seems to have this innate ability to bring up a funny story. <laughs> about some guy on holiday, on a sun lounger with his missus, usually when I'm in my last rep of bench press, <laughs> and on more than one occasion, a good story. I've nearly dropped the bar and choked myself. <laughs> but I don't know whether it's just impeccable timing by Gary or whether he's actually been try. paid by my ex-wife to try and take <laughs> me out. Trying to kill you. <laughs> That's a story for another time, though. Yes. Uh, right, wrap it up. Where can we find us? Ron. Instagram, Gain, as Gains and Pains. Gains and Pains 52, underscore 52. Uh, Gains and Pains G52, yeah. Uh, Gains and Pains should bring it up. Yep, it does. We're on Facebook under the same name. Where can we find you? Uh, just Train or Scott McLaughlin Performance Training for all your coaching and training needs. Excellent. I am at Drummer Chimp. If anyone wants to look at pictures of me playing drums or generally fannying about. Drinking coffee. Drinking coffee. There's not an awful lot of pictures of me drinking coffee. I need to send more coffee pics. See if we can score some sweet at packed coffee deals. My packed coffee should be arriving later today. Oh, awesome. It's all good. Right. On that note, on get the up. kettle on. Everyone say goodbye. Yeah. Anybody get any questions get if he's back, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week.